0: Series, and and could you just run my slides for me? I don't have the clicker. I've just got a couple slides. So, we've been in this series, Discipleship Begins with Beholding. And man, it's been fantastic how God has um, really rearranged for a lot of us what it means to engage in discipleship with Jesus, to follow him, that it actually stands on a foundation of beholding Jesus, of seeing him, of coming to contact with him. If you go to the next slide, um, here's my famous drawing. This is spreading all over, it's going viral. (laughs) Maybe not. Um, so, So what we do is we behold Jesus, and what happens is we have revelation. The Bible says the God of the universe actually wants to reveal himself to you. That's the offer, right? Not the God of the universe wants you to perform for him or be really good. It's actually I want to show you who I am. And when that happens, you get stunned with the beauty of God, how glorious and majestic he is, which leads to this fascination where you're like, I just have to have more i got to have more of him. I need more of his face. I need more of his presence. Which then, as you are fascinated with him, it grows into this love for God. And you begin to love him the way he asked you to, which is with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then you start to delight. Because anything we love, we delight in, right? You don't have to tell anybody to delight in their baby. We've got babies around here. You just get a parent with a baby, and what do you get? You just get... Like, and you know, it's like if you made those faces at work in a meeting, people are like, "What a weirdo!" Like he just looked at me like, like Harry Carey is what I just thought in my mind. So you just like you begin to delight in God because His face, as you look at Him and He looks at you, it just this thing about this is why I was made and why I'm here, and that grows into this deep longing and desire in your heart to do that over and over and over and over again, to actually build a life like we talked about last week, to build a life um, that facilitates your hunger and thirst for him. And then Greg, um, a couple weeks ago, talked about how that starts a fire and we begin to have this passion for this. So this cycle is actually what discipleship is meant to be built upon discipleship is for lovers. It's for people who love Jesus above and beyond all other things and want to pursue him. It's not built on information and it's not built on behavior modification. It's built on his presence and a love for him. He's like, if I can get 12 young guys who love me with a whole heart, I can change the world. Isn't that wild? Of all the ways Jesus could have built his ministry, if I can just get 12 people head over heels, knocked out in love with me, I can change the world. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to open to Second Corinthians 3. And so one of the things I want to do in the next few weeks is rather than just keep hitting you over the head with this idea, because the idea of this is that this actually leads to transformation. So many of us are longing for transformation in our hearts, and what we would say is that you actually get transformed by being in God's presence. Transformation happens when you encounter him and he does something in you that couldn't be done any other way, and then you begin to change. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Paul's talking to the Corinthians. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. This is what happens when you behold Jesus. He begins to write a story in you that could not be written in any other way. And you become his letter of love and goodness and presence to everyone around you. Not written with ink, but written with the Holy Spirit. You become a spirit-filled letter, a communication from God to the world that he's real and he loves you. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we want to happen is we want to see him and we want him to write something in us that spills out of us in a transformative way. So he's transforming us and then we become this letter to other people and they begin to read, right? Not the things we say with our mouths, but the reality of our hearts gets displayed. That's the most beautiful kind of church. Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So we become then ministers of this presence. That's our goal. We're to minister to God and we're to to minister his presence to other people. We carry his presence with us and when we run into someone that needs something, what we do is we actually minister that presence that we've stewarded and cultivated, the face that we've seen over and over again and say, let me show you who God is, right? Not just tell you facts about God and why he's good, all this stuff. Let me actually share my letter with you, I once was blind, and now I see. I once was lame, and now I walk. I was in a deep pit, and God plucked me out. I'm this letter for him. So he says, now if this ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? This is the thing, remember we said that the the writer of this book, Discipleship Begins with Beholding, he says, are we willing to risk making God the primary attraction of our church? Do we actually believe that the ministry of God in his presence through the revelation of Jesus Christ is more glorious than the teaching of man? I I believe it is. I think we're seeing that in real life. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. Um, And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. See, if we're not careful, our discipleship will actually put the veil back over people's eyes. They'll have a revelation of Jesus. They'll come into this transformative encounter with him. And then they come to us and say, I want to be more like Jesus. And what do we do? We take the veil and we put it back over. We say, here's all the list of things you can't do anymore. Here's all the list of things that you have to do or you're not righteous. Here's all the right ways you have to believe about God. And we just take this veil. and We put it back over them. And then we wonder why people are frustrated and discouraged and why they walk away. It's because we gave them something that God didn't ask. them. instead of putting the veil, we encourage them to say, hey, go do that again. That encounter with God, you were made for that over and over and over and over again, actually to live in a lifestyle of revelation. But their minds were made dull to this day. The same veil remains when the Old Covenant's read. It's not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But listen to this. When anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? Not just freedom from, but freedom for, freedom for revelation, for continual existence in God's presence. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Here's the promise. If you will look at him and organize your life around seeing him, you will not just get transformed, you will get transformed in increasing measure. Your life is meant to be an up-into-the-right journey of revelation, up-into-the-right journey of being good at following all the rules, right? And, and this is what I say. It's much easier to follow the rules when you have revelation. When God shows you who he is, you're like, I want to do the right thing. I love your law. Your precepts are pure and good and holy and righteous. But when I just give you the rules, you're like, ugh. Right? So Jesus says to the Pharisees, Woe to you Pharisees, you tie up heavy loads on other people's backs and you don't even lift a finger to help them. So when we're not in the business of putting loads on people, we're in the business of releasing people to see Jesus and believing that that's enough. You're transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. So it says, what's really cool is it says, You've, been com- you've come to this covenant, this new covenant of the spirit, which lasts and which is ever-increasing. So here's what I want to say. A life which cultivates the beholding of Jesus in his presence is stable and growing. Like, right, you're not like this. You're not a reed tossed in the wind. It actually creates a stability that lasts for your life and actually turns your life upward into ever-increasing glory as you reflect his image. As you look at him. You ever noticed how sometimes like married couples almost like look alike? It's almost like they look at each other so much. So, like over time, you're like, man, they kind of kind of look not that straight. Like is Jesus is like, hey, the more you look at me, the more you'll be like me. Not the more you try to be like me, the more you'll be like me. Right? He never says that he's like just abide in me. That's all you have to do. You're the branch on the vine. Connect to me, and you will bear much fruit. You won't even produce fruit. It just hangs off you. You ever notice that? You ever see the branch like, ooh, I'm going to produce fruit, right? Branches is like, this is what branches do when they're watered and safe and protected. You know what they do? They bear fruit. And even the pruning that happens in them only happens so that they might bear more and better fruit. That's it. So even the God comes as like, hey, I've got to tinker with some stuff. It's just so that you could see more of his face, have more of his glory and produce more of his fruit. Amen. So what I love about this verse is it says that in this way, we are letters... We are the letters of God that recommends our ministry. And um, it was kind of this thing of, of saying like, hey, if this life really produces transformation, what I want to do is just share a couple stories this morning of transformation that God has brought in our community. And, and we've been tracking the Asbury Revival. And I love the only thing that's happening among these uh, college students is uh, public reading of scripture, confession and repentance of sin and worship. That's it. Everybody's like, how do we reach Gen Z? And then we see that and we're like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> because they're like yeah but what about our Sunday school and what about you know I mean just all the what about star and you're like no no if that's all it takes to reach a generation how could we not say god give us new wineskins who cares about who's on the stage and who's famous and who has a podcast and a love in their little worship circle they said there's no celebrity here but jesus nameless faceless priests it's all about him. Um, so I'm going to invite Patty. Would you come up here? We're going to hear a couple stories this morning that I, I just this week have just really like Peter shares this this you know testimony about who Jesus is and they say they're cut to the heart. Um, so Patty sent us a text about just kind of a revelation she had in the midst of worship and so she's going to share a story and then I'm going to pray for her and pray for you guys. So
1: there's a lot of you guys out here. <laughs> Wednesday night, when Jonathan was telling us to ask the Holy Spirit to clothe us, I saw my old skin, or my old self, slough off, like when a reptile sheds its old old skin. My old self fell off of me into a wrinkled pile onto the floor, right in front of Jesus. I was kind of shocked, and looked down at it with my mouth wide open, and and the thought, now what? And I looked at him, and he had a huge smile on his face, and he told me, my outside was made to match my inside, made new in him.
0: Amen. Amen. When Patty sent this, I was just like, how many of us are like, oh, this old self, this flesh, how do I get out of this? And I love that you were just like, in the middle of worship, God did for me what I needed. I didn't have to do it. So I want to pray for you, because Patty's a light. I don't know if you guys have met Patty, um, but you need need to meet her. Um, She's a light for Jesus. I'm going to pray that that light just increases. So Jesus, thank you for Patty. Thank you for her life. God, all of it, we just give to you. And I thank you for this revelation of your smile. Like when you work in us, Jesus, you do so with like this smiling, warm face. And I love that that question, uh, Patty, now what? (laughs) And he's like, more, like more of me, more of the real you coming to life in me. And so Jesus, I pray if anyone in here right now is just living in the midst of what feels like the old self, I pray that you would cut their heart right now just say, this is for you. I love Peter. He's like, this is for you and your children and for all who are far off. So thank you, Jesus, for this story. And we just give you all the praise and honor and glory in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. Yeah. Um, We've got another one. Taylor, you want to come on up here?
1: this is an email i, I wrote, um, wrote to jonathan and the, and the staff um earlier this week um the spirit has impressed upon me to share with you the following this is just a bit of what he has been doing in my life through skyline and his movement within this place i hope this will serve as an encouragement to you and all those laboring in prayer for a revival it is happening even now Joshin and I have only been coming consistently to Skyline Services for a short time, a few months at best, but the Father's outpouring of himself on our lives has been tangible and generous and disruptive in beautiful ways. Things that I have known were missing and that I wanted to want, such as just him, his ways, his priorities, his eyes, his power, they were all mine. However, for such a long time, those gifts and that inheritance have been inaccessible to me. I've been believing the lie that because I allowed my flame to go out, that I forfeited that inheritance and no longer have a seat at his table or anything to offer at all. A lie that the Lord further revealed through Annie's message on Rahab. Even in my blindness, the Spirit has led me in obedience over the past year and a half as I've walked through the fires of addiction and chosen consistently to die to that remnant of flesh in my life. Only in choosing to lay bare my sin, lay bare what I've shielded others from, which was the underbelly of my addiction to alcohol, and crucify my self-image and false image of being exceptional in my own right, only then have I found the promises of the Lord. It's so interesting to me that see, the seemingly trite phrases that I grew up hearing, such as, God's ways are higher than our own, or his timing is perfect, or his kindness leads to repentance, are actually so true and now strikingly on display in my life. From I know it's long, stick with me. <laughs> Um, from the recovery work that he has brought me through before Josh and I ever made it to Skyline's doors, to the order in which I randomly chose sermons from the Skyline podcast to listen to, to the degrees of freedom Christ has granted me from the chokehold of addiction as I trust in him and obey, it has all been his perfect timing. And now he has led my family to a place where we can actually commune with him and taste and see that he is good. My own toil and timing would have come up short in so many ways, but he is good and he is after us and faithful to show us our
0: seat at the table. Hey, stay here, stay here. I'm going to pray for you. Would you guys just pray uh, for Taylor with me? And I just, I just felt the Lord like while Patty was uh, speaking that now what? Well, it's like the word that God was speaking was like, he's just getting started. I feel like the word over you, Taylor, he's not done with you. (laughs) That's like the word over this season. So God, I just bless what you've done in Taylor's life. Lord, I bless the reignition of the flame. God, there is nothing in us which seems to have passed away that you cannot bring back to life because you are a resurrecting God. You bring life in places where there seems like no hope. And so, God, I I bless that flame, and I bless, uh, Lord, the faithfulness in her heart to seek you in these days to say, I know where I need to go to seek God. And, God, I bless the humility in that, and I pray, God, for an increase of power in her life. Lord, I pray over every promise that's ever been spoken over her in her life, God, I pray that you would bring it to fruition in these days. I pray that she would see your goodness in the land of the living. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, and we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Taylor. Mm. Um, I specifically only chose two this morning because I didn't want to do too many. Um, But friends, we have hundreds of those. Like hundreds of those stories. And we're going to share more in the coming weeks here's what I I want you to hear. That phrase just has been ringing my head from Peter when they say, what should we do? And he says, repent and be baptized. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This gift is for you and your children and for all who are far off. This gift is for you. So if you're in here in this room this morning and you might need to hear God's just getting started or you might need to hear he's not done with you, right? Like, you need to hear that God's working. A revival, we are on the doorsteps, I think, of another great awakening in our nation. And I just want to say, I don't want to be so old that I miss it. And I don't mean age, I mean old in my spirit to where I look at Asbury revival and I criticize it. Just go on Twitter if you want to see just a bunch of cynical Christians. There's like, oh, I don't know, what's the theology? And oh, it's just a really long worship service. And I'm like, I hate to tell you about Revelation. You are going to be stuck in the longest worship service (laughs) ever. Lord, forgive us for thinking that would be boring. There's no bored beings in heaven. They literally, these creatures and people have been staring at him forever. And they never get tired of holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. Behold, the lamb, it's him. Again, they're like, it's the same lamb. And they're just like, oh. So, friends, I want to be the person who sees the work of Jesus in people and just like, oh, Patty, thank you. Oh, that's so good. Jesus is so good. He's so powerful. He's so beautiful. He's, man, he's better than anything else. So, I want you to stand to your feet. The worship team's going to come back up. Um, And I just want you to close your eyes just for a second and just open your hands. Just this posture of receiving that I feel like the Lord's, um, I feel like he has something for you this morning. And we're going to sing a couple songs that have really just marked us. And and the first one Psalm 63. It's, It's literally just, if you open your Bible and read this while we sing, it's like, In a dry and parched land, Lord, my soul, it thirsts for you. It longs for you because your love is better than life. Your love, I've seen you in the sanctuary. I beheld your glory. I love that. And he's like, God, you're not done with me yet. <laughs> that revelation wasn't just a one-time occurrence, and I've got to live off of that for the rest of my life. No, no, you've got fresh bread for me today. You've got fresh bread for me today. So just with your eyes closed, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now in me? What are you doing in this room right now? Search me and know me, O God. See if there's any offensive way in me. Psalm 24, friends, who may ascend the hill of the Lord, who may stand in the holy place, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. I've just been on this all week. God can reveal himself to anyone, but to dwell in his presence, you've got to let that stuff go you guys, but I don't want just like a few encounters with God. I want to dwell with him and I want him to dwell here in this people, in this room. And I want him to dwell in churches all over this city. And for that to happen, Christians are going to have to say, Holy Spirit, search me and know me, whatever it is, I will give it up because you are better. And our world, which is dying right now, In a world where it seems like death is reigning, addiction, despair, anxiety, fear, division, the only thing that will change all of that is Jesus. So as we sing, will you let the Holy Spirit crack open your heart to get down to the deepest part of you, which is the longing for God? And so, God, I just confess and repent of all the ways that I have covered that longing up with lesser things. Clear us out, Lord, at the inside level. Clear us out so that we could have more of you and so that you might return again to a generation who's desperate for life and doesn't know how to receive it. Jesus, I bless the work in young people. Gen Z, (laughs) come Holy Spirit and pour out on campuses all over our nation that college students would use their free time to seek your face, to know you, to dwell in your presence and to be like, the best thing I could do right now is find a place with Christians and see God and invite my friends to do the same because in his presence is healing and deliverance and freedom. So I just bless that in this room right now. Our prayer team is going to be up front. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you for any number of things. The altars are open. If you're just like, I just need to go to the altar and I need to do some business with the Lord. I just need to go down there. I need to worship him down the front. Feel free. We're going to have a lot of freedom. We're going to close our service with communion today. Um, So we'll do that at the end but I just want to invite you, ask the Holy Spirit right now, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in me? Because I'm open. Let's see.